The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams The podcast versions of the original Facebook Live readings during the coronavirus outbreak by Matthew Ogden, The Bearded Wit Please bear in mind that as Facebook Live recordings, these are rough and ready, there are mistakes, there are a few trip-ups here and there, and there is laughter from the reader as he goes through and follows the humour himself along with you, the listener. We hope you enjoy listening to these and share liberally. Part 44 Before we begin... I'd like to ask you to seriously consider becoming a patron of The Bearded Wit by going to patreon.com forward slash The Bearded Wit. You can support me from as little as $5 a month, which is essentially a cup of coffee, uh, and that will mean that I will be able to continue producing this material and other podcasts that I do, and it would mean the world to me to have you um, know that you're, you've got my back on this. Uh, I love producing this material for people, and it's been a huge pleasure for me to do this, uh, which basically started as a project for family and friends right back at the beginning of March last year uh, when the COVID-19 virus was really beginning to kick in. It was a way of basically connecting friends and family all over the world who were finding it a bit difficult as we all did and it's grown into something where I've got a lot of people listening all over the world. It would mean the world to me if you could take the time just to pop over to uh, patreon.com forward slash the bearded wit sign up from as little as five dollars a month as i say uh it's a cup of coffee it would mean the world to me because the more of you guys you fabulous people out there that do it the more i'm able to do more of this stuff for you on an ongoing basis no obligation but if you can i would be so deeply grateful also, if you could take a moment to pop over to Facebook and uh, give The Bearded Wit a like and follow, uh, and also go over to my new YouTube channel as well, um, just search for The Bearded Wit uh, and subscribe. Uh, I'll be putting all of the live readings slightly edited um, and cleaned up a bit uh, onto that uh, over the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, join up, uh, get involved, like, share, follow, subscribe, do all the usual social media things. Okay, on with the reading. Thanks very much, everyone. Ah, Daniel's got his towel ready. Good man. That's what I like to see. A man that's prepared. Hoopy fruit all the way through. Um, yes, so, sorry. Uh, where were we? Um, we are in the sixth book. We are in And Another Thing. Uh, it is uh, the final book of the series. It's written by Owen Colfer. Um, who himself admitted that he thought maybe he was being a bit insane to try and do something uh, to top or complement what Douglas Adams had produced. But Douglas Adams uh, always wanted to produce a book that was a little less bleak than the final book of his five books in the series. Um, and Owen Colfer has penned that. So we are in this book. We are on, at the moment, we've been spending quite a bit of time in the last episode on the planet Nano. Um, which was uh, basically the last refuge of some of the more wealthy elements of humanity. Uh, And they've just had a bit of a, well, a bit of a crap civil war, really. I mean, there were only about eight of them on each side and nothing really happened. Uh, And just as they were about to sort of start biffing each other, um, the... Heart of Gold, they didn't know was the Heart of Gold at the start, appeared in the sky. 
uh, and it appeared in the form of a gigantic cheese and the uh, uh, one sort of group uh, of, of these lunatics, the Tyromancers, believed that cheese is significantly divine um, and saw it as some kind of major uh, revelation. Um, and then it dissolved itself ultimately through various transmogrifications into the running shoe, beautiful running shoe shaped heart of gold. Uh, it landed uh, and uh, we saw the arrival of Zephod Beeblebrox. Along with him came Thor. Um, and one of the nanites, Buff Orpington, sees himself as a kind of uh, having Viking DNA. And of course, this caused a more, more spontaneous orgasm for him. Um, and that's where we left it, basically. So... We will crack on. We're in chapter nine. We're 60% of the way through the last book. Uh, and if you're ready, I'm ready, and we'll start. Thank you so much for joining me, as usual, everyone. And here we go. Nine. The Tangrishnir. Bowerick Wowbagger's longship slipped out of dark space like an eel from a reef's shadowy depths its engines emitting jets of exotic blue flame that crystallised when they encountered real space. Inside the Tangrishnir, there was not a single passenger who had not been substantially altered by the journey. This was partly the fault of the space itself, as the sleeve of dark matter is largely an emotional construct and can serve as an accelerant for feelings that may otherwise have taken years to develop. For a being of the light, gazing even for a moment into the heart of dark space has an effect equivalent to a dozen near-death experiences. It's the universe's way of telling you to get on with your life. Which is a good thing if the feeling budding in a person's heart is a good feeling. As the ship backed into Nano's atmosphere, then swung around in a lazy meander towards the larger of two settlements, scanning every atom of the planet as it did so, the passengers inside its amorphous hull were reeling with conflicting emotions that seemed to push their hearts against their ribs and swell their brains to bursting. Trillion. Could I love him? Could I? Is it possible that after all this time I can just bump into a man in the middle of a planetary destruction and fall for him? But he's not a man, is he? Christ girl, you don't even know what he is. You don't have the first clue about, about this wowbagger guy or his physiology. What a hoot that would be on the wedding night. Wouldn't Mother's ghost laugh then if your brand new husband expected you to lay a few eggs on the carpet for him to fertilise? No, it's too much. I couldn't. I can't. Why can't you? You gave up everything for Zaphod and you didn't love him. He was interesting, certainly, but you didn't love him. And now you have a chance to be happy and you're turning up your nose. My nose. Arthur loved my nose. Maybe there's still a chance for Arthur and me. It would certainly be tidy. 
You don't love Arthur. You never did. And anyway, he's still utterly besotted with Fenchurch. And what about Random? She needs you now. You left her once before, remember? You promised that this life would be for your daughter. But will denying my own happiness make my child happy? That's the way it generally works, isn't it? But I love him. I love him, Mum. Who are you calling Mum? Get a grip on yourself, girl. I can love two people, can't I? That's allowed. Maybe. But random comes first. Random. Put me in a bloody tube, will they? I'll show them. Mr. Immortal thinks he's immortal, does he? Maybe he should browse the sub-ether a little more. Maybe if his computer wasn't so busy making goo-goo eyes at my dad, it would have picked up on a very remote article on a very remote site that tells the story of Pytongliga. Pytolaga the six-fingered immortal of Santraginus, who was cursed with immortality by an irradiated electronic muscle stimulation slimming belt, and how he was eventually killed. So, Bowerick Wowbagger wants to die, does he? Well, what sort of an ingrate would I be if I didn't help him on his way? Small voice. You were a politician, a loving wife, the president of the galaxy. Now you're planning to help this person get himself killed. I lost my husband and my job and my future. It's time to start thinking about me. Small voice. Fair enough. Kill him then. Bowerick Wowbagger. Could it, could it be love? Could it? Come on, Bow Wow. That's the dark matter talking. No, I can handle my dark matter. I've been living in this ship for years. I think I actually love this woman. You see it all the time in nearly every single movie I've ever watched. People making instant connections. Love at first sight. The Thunderbolt. This is not a movie. You should tune into a news channel once in a while. See how many love thunderbolts are featured. It is love. It could be. Why shouldn't it be? After all this time, don't I deserve something? You deserve to die. Isn't that what you've longed for all these years? Yes, but, but only because there was nothing actually for me. Nothing but a computer on a stolen ship. Now there is something. Someone. Don't lose focus here. You have a real shot at getting yourself killed. Don't blow it all over a bloody mortal. I was mortal once. They're not so bad. Oh, really? Who are you and what have you done with the real bow-wow-bagger? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we spend the last several thousand years 
insulting mortals? Don't you have a complete set of the total tossers thesaurus? Yes, but... And, and, haven't you claimed to be in love before? Yes, but that was different. I thought it was love, but now I see it was just an absence of disgust. Trillian has qualities. Trillian, if that is her real name. Now you're just nitpicking. All I know is that for the first time in I don't know how long, you have a chance to be dead. Not a big chance, granted, but if that fool Beeblebrox comes through, then there is a chance at least. Are you prepared to risk all that because you've taken fancy to a mortal? Yes. If she will have me, I'll risk it all. If not, back to plan A. Which is... Insult everyone on the planet and try to get myself killed. Amen to that. Arthur. This is ridiculous. I have spent most of this incredible journey talking to the hardware. Actually, you've been talking to yourself. The computer dips into your memories and compiles appropriate responses from previous conversations. If you listen carefully, you might hear the blip where the sentences have been spliced together. I know, I know. But it's... It's hard to tear oneself away. I lost Fenchurch once, and it nearly killed me. Even now, after all this time, I still think about her constantly. All this time? Hasn't been that long. I am counting my virtual life. I spent a lot of time on that beach drawing pictures of Fenchurch. I know, they were awful. We need to move on. You mean, until the Vogons destroy this new planet? Or until I save it? I have saved planets before, you know. I think... I think we're on our last life there, mate. How many more destroyed worlds can we possibly survive? None. That's how many. Wowbagger can shoo the Vogons, or, or Thor, whoever wins. There's an entire universe out there, and we are a part of it. I don't want to spend the rest of your life playing mental footsie with a box of capacitors and chips. I know, you're right, but, it, but it's safe here. Absolutely no one can find us, let alone threaten us with thermonuclear weapons. So we stay here forever. No, I suppose not. So what are we going to do? Move on. I'm not feeling it. Move on! Okay. Fenchurch forgotten? Sure. Absolutely. Who, Church? That's my boy. Tiny voice. 
Fenchurch. Never forget. Ford. I can go for eight minutes without blinking. Eight minutes? Surely that's some kind of record. Not blinking is so relaxing. I was a little relaxed before I boarded this ship, but now I am positively comatose. Or is that comatose? Which would make sense because my toes do look a little like commas, which is quite a scary thought for some reason. Beer, beer, wonderful beer. The more you drink, the more you fear. Goosenog! I've been a fool. I know what I have to do. I need to write something for the guide about this ship in case the publishers ever manage to oust those Vogons. My goodness, it will be a sensation. How many mortals can have travelled inside the Tangrishnir? I don't know. Not many, I bet. And the next one who uh, to manage to manage it will be pretty relieved to find a comforting and informative entry in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Right. What to submit? Something concise. Don't give those bastard editors much to play with. But stylish. Something that says Ford Prefect all over it and yet captures the essence of such a cool golden ship. My last submission was a little wordy. So cut it down, get straight to the issues, immediately to the matter at hand, directly point bound. Relevance on the horizon, Captain. Aha! I've got it. There is only one word that encapsulates both my spirit and that of this wonderful vehicle. One beloved term, equally popular among the old groans and the young grins. A collection of syllables as beautiful as it is useful. Fruity. They gathered on the bridge to watch the descent towards the new blue planet. Ford stepped close to a curved wall and it bubbled into transparency. I wanted the wall to do that, said Ford, grinning. I thought it, and the ship did it. The view was undeniably spectacular, and even Wowbagger took his eyes from Trillian's profile for a moment to appreciate the expanse of waves flecked with golden sunlight flashing past below the prow. It is... Nice, he said, in the tone of a Blaslesian parolee who has just had his taste buds returned to him after a twenty-year stretch. Yeah, yes, nice. Trillian wrapped her arms around his bicep. Nice? It's spectacular, it's fabulous. I thought you were supposed to have a way with words. Not the good ones, said Wowbagger, smiling. I have had no need of them for some time, thanks to all those jumentous mortals. Present company accepted. Random brushed past, accidentally bashing Wowbagger with her elbow. Most of the present company accepted. 
Random smiled sweetly. I would just like to say, Mr. Wowbagger, that I really hope you die today, just like you want. Random, said Trillian, shocked. What a terrible thing to say. And anyway, it's not going to happen. Zaphod Beeblebrox never followed through on a threat or a promise in his entire life. Wowbagger smiled down at her. Don't worry, it's the dark space. People's emotions get amplified. They say things they don't mean. She'll settle down. Don't count on it, said Random, scowling. But Trillian wasn't listening. People's emotions get amplified, she thought. They say things they don't mean. Oh my God, said the computer excitedly, suddenly sounding like a teenage fangirl. It's Thor on the other side of the island. I, I, I'm picking up Thor. I don't believe it. I wonder, oh, does he remember me? Wowbagger's brow tightened. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure, silly. I've got over a million matches on the facial software. Don't be cheeky, computer. Just set us down. Where? Beside the Thunder God? Wowbagger turned away from Trillian. No. No, set us down here. I need time to think. Good, thought Trillian. I need time to think for myself. Good, thought Random. I need time for my special delivery to arrive. Kong. Zaphod Beeblebrox, said Hillman, as though the name itself was a curse, which on several planets it had indeed become. Zaphod, feckin' Beeblebrox. Zaphod was reclining on a sun lounger in the plaza, two boots off, three sleeves rolled up. You uh, keep saying that, Hillman, as though me being here is a bad thing instead of the solution to... All your problems. The solution to all what problems? Oh, what problems do you have? Said Zaphod equably. Hillman drummed his fingers on the table, something he hoped the waitress would notice, and for God's sake come and take his order. He stopped in mid-drum. Well, we have no waitresses for a start. They're all down the beach colony with the personal trainers and they all look to the booze. Zaphod reached for his boots. Well, it's been great chatting to you, Hellman. If you could just uh, point me in the direction of this uh, beach colony. It's all your bloody fault, Zaphod. Everything was fine in the Western Township until the Western Township showed up. Tyropolis, can you believe that name? Their staff revolted even before ours did. He poked a finger at Zaphod. Do you realise that some of the good people here are forced to do their own colonics? What kind of civilization is that? Every new society has its teething problems. You need to work them through with diplomacy and alcohol. Teething problems? That nut job, preflux, is a bit more than a teething problem. Well, my accent's going all over Ireland at the moment, and across the Irish Sea and back again. Zephod tried to hold in a giggle, but it shot out its nose. What's so funny, Babelbrax?
Oh, nothing. No, please, Shed, I insist. Uh, it's just that you called A-seed preflux a nut job. So what? He is a bloody nut job. If he is, so are you. Hillman frowned. What's that supposed to mean? Well, he is you, and you are him. Oh, don't tell me you haven't noticed. That's a load of horse manure, said Hillman. But there was a plate of cold dread in his stomach that knew it was true. The Western Township? Tyropolis? That's you guys from another dimension. I made a bundle off you the first time, so I thought, hey, why not do this again? I was on my way for a third group when, boom, here come the Vogons. So, the earth is gone. Utterly and forever. Even Arkel Schmarkel and all his horde couldn't put that planet together once more. What? It's an old Betelgeusean nursery rhyme. Arkel Schmarkel was a little kid who glued eggs together after they fell off walls. Tragic ending. I see. Anyway, to get back to this planet, I am Acid Preflux. I am that pompous, deluded moron. That's what you're saying. Zaphod snapped the fingers of his third hand, something that had taken him months to learn. Bada bingo! Well, you're not him exactly. You're a version of him from a couple of million universes down the axis, uh, which is why there are all the little differences. The name, of course. You have the paunch. He doesn't. You dye your hair. He's still naturally red, that sort of thing. Hillman didn't have the energy to protest the high dot. Uh, high dot? <laughs> Hair dye slur. It was one thing to know that there were an infinite number of alternate Hillman hunters. It was quite another to be at war with one of them. I can't believe this, he spluttered eventually. You set me up, Beaverbrox. You pitted me against myself. Zaphod slapped his own cheeks and chest in mock horror. I set you up? Me? That's preposterous. I was just trying to make a few bucks. You knew there would be other colonists, Silman. It's not my fault you ape descendants will fight with anyone, even versions of yourselves. Zaphod suddenly sat bolt upright. Holy shankworsters! I'm right, aren't I? I just made a valid point. Hillman fumed silently, tugging on his goatee. Beeblebrox did indeed have a point. He had saved their lives and transported them to a new Eden. It was hardly his fault if the human race screwed it up all over again. Hillman glanced across the square to where Buff Orpington was acting like a kid on a sugar drip, running in circles around Thor, tongue hanging out, twirling the golf club. The settlement has been falling apart, Zaphod, admitted Hillman. We could really use a god. Zaphod tried to look surprised, as if this was not exactly where he'd hoped the conversation would go. Well, I do have a god. Is that the real Thor? Really, is it? 
It really is. And I am his manager. Hillman flapped his lips. What? What? So, so even gods cost money now? Wake up, Hillman. Gods have always cost money. But I can do your deal. Would we have exclusive rights? I couldn't promise that. Thor is in the big league. Class one deity. There are a lot of cultures who want to adore him. And is he omnipresent? Mm, no, but he's pretty fast. Hillman thought about it. Having a god of Thor's stature could get this planet back on the straight and narrow. Aced's prefluxes wheel of cheese wouldn't last long against a big hammer like Thor's, and the staff might think about might think twice about neglecting their duties if they had to answer to the god of thunder. Hmm. When could he start? Something beeped in Zaphod's pocket, and he patted himself down until he located the tiny computer card that Wowbagger had given him. Almost immediately, he said, reading the screen, Thor just has one little bit of divine retribution to hand out. You guys might want to watch this. Test drive the merchandise, so to speak. It's going to be spectacular. He called across the square to the god. Hey, Thor, ready to go do the thing. The immortal has landed. Are you sure about this? said Thor, frowning suspiciously at Buff Orpington, who was trying to heft Mjolnir. I don't know if I'm ready. Did you see this guy? Is he being sarcastic or does he really think I'm great? He just wants to be a priest. He wants a robe. Is that what you want, boy? Is that it? Buff nodded his jowly head and stamped the grass. Yeah, yeah, he panted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyropolis. Wowbagger's longship touched down in a beautiful rolling meadow outside the settlement and instantly assumed the shape and texture of a grassy hillock. A nearby herd of Omeglian major cows, sorry, Omeglian major cows, who had been arguing over who got to sacrifice themselves to the newcomers, cursed their luck and then returned to tail-painting placards which protested the tyromancer's refusal to eat them. Wowbagger dissolved the hatch, and the passengers set grateful feet on solid earth. It's really nice here, said Trillian. Peaceful. At which point, a hysterical cow thundered across the meadow and butted her in the chest, bellowing, Eat me! Eat me! Trillian jumped away from the wet, hairy snout. No, I'm a vegetarian! Vegetables, spat the cow. What's so special about them? Why do they have to have all the fun? Fibre and vitamins. So bloody what? I've got protein coming out of my wazoo. Literally. Before the town Grishny's passengers could take another step, they were surrounded by a mob of angry cows. We're mad cows, they chorus. We're mad cows. 
Arthur laughed. <laughs> you know, that's funny, because on Earth there was a disease. A brown cow sidled up to Arthur. You're not a vegetarian, are you, Tha? Uh, well, no, as a matter of fact. I bet you'd gobble down a lovely Thurline, Tha, with a few fingerling potatoes and a half bottle of vino. Arthur patted his stomach. Ooh. I would, actually. That sounds delicious. Oof, an actual steak. Nothing replicated about that. You get what you ask for. Honest-to-goodness meat. There had been a time when the idea of animals bred to dream of slaughter had horrified Arthur, but now he found a spark of acceptance and optimism in his heart. Hmm, dark matter, he thought. It won't last. You've read my mind, Arthur, mate said Ford. I am not usually in favour of devouring sentient beings, but these guys are pretty persistent. With one foreleg, the cow ushered Arthur and Ford towards a wood-burning barbecue. And how would thirds like their steak? Rare, said Ford. So rare, a vet with shock paddles could revive it. <clears throat> uh, medium for me, I think, said Arthur. The cow somehow managed to drape a napkin across its foreleg. Excellent! And the wine? Arthur had no idea that the wine, what the wine situation was on this new planet. It wasn't as if they'd had time for vintages. Surprise me? Wowbagger was feeling a, a little hemmed in by the other cows. He'd never been overly fond of talking quadrupeds. It was a phobia he was struggling to deal with. You creatures really should back up a little, or or I will be forced to fry you with my energy pistol. Finally, cried one cow. Maximum setting, please, begged another. Trillian took his arm. I know this species. They want to be eaten. I'm not going to eat them, but I may shoot them. Random was still emotional from the journey. Why don't you shoot them all, alien? Show my mother what you're really like. Wowbagger felt Trillian squeeze his arm, and his anxiety drained away. He looked at her. How was that possible? How did you do that? As previously discussed, the universe has an aversion to tenderness and cannot allow it to exist for long, as every loving glance has to be balanced by a short, sharp shock somewhere else in the cosmos. Sometimes not so short. Guide note. Bowerick Wowbagger, or as the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy describes him, that green fruit with the hoopy ship who goes around insulting people has to this point shared three tender moments in real space with Trillian Astra, or as Wahoo magazine would dub her, the lucky girl who bagged the bagger. And each of those moments had to be paid for by another unfortunate individual at an antipodal, antipodal point in the universe. Glam Fodder, a planning officer on Alpha Centauri, had his finger nipped by a pygmy vole that had climbed into his monthly brown bag because the bag donor had decided to recycle his spief sandwich bag. 
Ursul Daifer, a marriage counsellor from the super-hot system of Hastramil, suffered a panic attack when her three-o'clock married couple turned out to be the son and daughter she had given up for adoption as a younger being. Morty Grimm, the lead singer with the Hoovaloo supergroup Visible Spectrum, suffered third-degree diffusion when the lightning engineer lightning or lighting engineer accidentally put a blue gel on the singer's solo spotlights. This tender moment was torn asunder by the arrival of a golf cart convoy. It might have been a dramatic entrance had the leading cart actually managed to breach the enclosure gate instead of becoming entangled in its splintered planks. Arthur's cow friend spat a wad of cud. Morons! And these people are the people in charge! Vegetarians? Arthur offered. No, they love pigs! Can't get enough of pigs, but us poor cows, for some reason, we're not on the menu. So, thank goodness for you, sirs. Thank goodness for you. Acid preflux crawled from the wreckage of fence and cart. Hey, Arthur, said Ford. What do you get if you cross a fence with a cart? Arthur never had time to hazard a guess because they were set upon by tyromancers. Step away from that barbecue, Aceed ordered shrilly. We need these cows. Ford hissed into Arthur's ear. I'll stall them. You get Bessie on the barbecue. The cow overheard. I resent that. We're not all called Bessie, you know. As a matter of fact, Bessie is quite passé in sophisticated circles. Tristram and Polygrino are the names of choice this season. Aceed shouldered his way through the assembled cattle until he arrived, breathless and battered, before the newcomers. "'Who is in charge here?' he demanded to know. Wowbagger stepped forward, avoiding anything that squelched or steamed. "'That would be me. I am Bowerick Wowbagger, the ship's captain.' "'What ship? We don't see any second ship!' That's because it's camouflaged, you bletcherous nincompoop. Aceed flushed. What? There's no need, no call, no, no, how dare you? Now that's more like it, said Wowbagger, gratified. Surprise and outrage. <laughs> Reminds me why I used to do this job. Used to? said Trillian. Wowbagger glanced at his shoes, which were still reasonably clean. Lately, it's lost its appeal. Aceed's courage blossomed as the other colonists began to show up, wondering what all the commotion was about. Sorry to interrupt your tender moment. On a cruise liner near Barnard Star, the ship's doctor sneezed and stabbed himself in the knee with a Motox hypodermic. The knee was put on a strict water diet for two days, in spite of all its moaning. But what is your business here, wowbagger? I have come to drop these humans off with their own kind, and I was going to insult everyone. 
but now I don't think I'll bother. Aceed perked up a little. These people are our own kind. Are they tyromancers? Wowbagger's chin jerked. Tyromancers? You people are tyromancers? I don't believe it. Aceed's upswing in perkiness levelled off. Don't, don't tell me you, you don't believe in the cheese. You think it's all in me head? No, actually, I know the cheese. I haven't seen old cheesy in forever. Preflux dropped to his knees. Something squelched and another something cracked and steamed. You, you, you know, you know the cheese. Have you been in his exalted presence? Exalted? Who told you that? The cheese lord himself, in my visions. Wowbagger nodded. Hmm. He's still doing the dream bit. Some things never change. Find an empty brain and slip yourself in. That's always been Cheesy's modus operandi. I've been up and down this god route before. A long time ago, I hired Cheesy to kill me. He tried to do it with some kind of cheese dip. Didn't work, obviously. But I have been lactose intolerant ever since. Did you bring E-damnation down upon us? E-damnation? <laughs> That's hilarious. Really? No, come on. Oh, come on. You can't expect people not to laugh and you insist on using theological terms like that. If you're talking about the big ball of cheese over the other settlement, I think you'll find that was another spaceship rolling into a normality zone. What? Not E-damnation? I doubt it. In fairness to Cheesy, he might be a junior god, but he's not great on projection. The last I heard, he was studying for his middle-grade divinity exams, and seeing as I haven't seen any holy cheese cal calendars around, I'm guessing he failed. Me too, said a cow, because he's a loser, just like you, Preflux. Shut it, cow, or so help me, the cow spat. What are you going to do, not eat me? That's right. I won't eat you, and I won't eat your entire family. Whether they, Wherever they hide, I'll find them and not eat a single feckin' bite. The cow was cowed. This is not over, Preflux, he muttered. Aceed's phone rang, and he took a brief call, glancing back along the road towards the tunnel. So, you're the representative of the cheese, Wowbagger. Wowbagger frowned. I wouldn't say representative. I know him a little. We had a few beers. Aceed persisted. You are a friend, then. A champion, if you like. Oh, an acquaintance at best. It's, uh, it's just that from what my insider tells me, Hunter has got himself a real god. Ah. And he's on his way over here. I see. And you'd like me to represent the cheese? Would you? Oh, sure, that would be fab. Aceed made the triangle side. sign. What's that? Oh, it's a cheese triangle. Appease the cheese. It's a kind of slogan I made up. Wowbagger laughed. <laughs> Don't move. I have to get a photo of that for Cheesy. He will be so thrilled. 
Acid's triangle wavered. He, he, he can't see us. The cheese is not all around us. Cheesy? It's all he can do to hook himself up to a dish and send out dairy dreams. And I'll tell you something else. He loves beef and cheese, especially meals that combine beef and cheese. Aced's hands dropped to his sides. Ah, oh, this time we have been protecting the cheese vessels. The air crackled suddenly, and Arthur felt the hair stand on his forearms. I feel as though I should be running away. Thor might remember me. In the sky, to the east, a small storm cloud churned just above the tree line. Photogenic lightning bolts shot from its belly at regular intervals, and there seed seemed to be a huge being riding the bolts. Wow Bagger smiled wryly. Beeblebrox actually got the big guy himself. I don't believe it. Believe it, said Ford. You called him Fat Ass, remember? Trillian shielded her eyes with a forearm, squinting to catch a glimpse of the Thunder God. He's such a show-off. A big hammer isn't everything you know. Maybe it's all a big light show. Maybe he doesn't even want to fight. A statement like this virtually guarantees a contradictory and, considering the characters involved, melodramatic event. And Trillian, as a journalist, should have known better than to utter it. Guide Note there is a theory postulated by Schick Brithouse. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes, that's a spoonerism. Just turn that around a bit. Okay, <clears throat> sorry. <sighs> Try again. Guide note. There is... <laughs> Super. Brick shithouse is... Yeah. Okay. It's out there now. Whew. Guide note. There is a theory. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> there is a theory postulated by Schick Brithouse, the controversial bone doctor from a pre-telepathy cacrophone kappa, which states that the universe is built on uncertainty and that a definitive statement slash action creates a momentary energy vacuum into which flows a diametrically opposing statement slash action. Famous vacuum-inducing statements include Surely that's not going to fit in there. And I am sick of betting the same numbers every week. They are never going to come up. And we are a peaceful people. Not even the silastic armor fiends of Stritorax would come, would come to pick a fight with us. And you look gorgeous in that sweater, Felix. There is no way anyone is going to call you a freak and throw you into a dump composter. And maybe it's all a big light show. Maybe he doesn't even want to fight. Subatonic beings heard the whoosh of energy suction, and into the vacuum flowed a massive lightning bolt that scorched a huge section of the meadow, leaving only cooked cow carcasses 
and a massive X right in the centre. Yucky bleepers, muttered a surviving cow. Wowbagger's central brain and assorted ganglia were flooded with conflicting emotions. For millennia, his most heartfelt wish had been to die. But now, there was a slight, there was a slice of light in his darkness. A chance that the principle he sought... Sorry, we'll try that all again. Wowbagger's central brain and assorted ganglia were flooded with conflicting emotions. For millennia, his most heartfelt wish had been to die, but now there was a slice of light in his darkness. A chance that the principle he sought his death by was in fact flawed. His dilemma was this. Would it be wise to pass up a sterling opportunity to get himself killed on the off chance that he could enjoy a few brief decades of happiness with this already dying woman? I guess X marks the spot, said Ford, a hank of charred meat in his hand. He turned to the nearest cow. Do you have any sauce? This is a little dry. Arthur found that he was not as scandalised by this sort of behaviour as he once had been. Repeated exposure to Ford Prefect's rampant gormandising had eroded some of his behavioural notions. "'I believe that someone mentioned wine,' he said, trying not to sound overly enthusiastic. Random scowled. Although no one noticed it, as, as it was one of her two normal expressions, the other being a contemptuous curl of the lip. That is disgusting, she said, transitioning smoothly into expression number two. You two are pigs. Pigs, said the cow. Don't talk to me about pigs. And that, at the end of the chapter, ladles and jelly spoons, hoopy fruits all, is where we will leave it for this evening. There should be a big dramatic dung 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 at the end of that, really, shouldn't there? I mean, Shizzle is about to go down on Nano, methinks. Who'd have thought it was going to end up like that? <gasps> Fantastic. Thank you all so much, as usual, for joining me this evening. It's always a pleasure to do this. I love doing this stuff. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we'll be back same time next week, uh, around 8 o'clock CET, uh, for the next thing. We're 66% through the book now. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <gasps> Almost the very, very end. Um, but yes, so please do go to patreon.com forward slash the bearded wit. Become a patron. $5 a month, price of a cup of coffee. It really, really will help me. Uh, keep things going um, and uh, all of those there are, there are a number of you here this evening that are fans that have done so already and I'm so appreciative of that so please yes if you could do that I will get this up onto the podcast as soon as possible uh, like the page share the, the shizzle out of this share the bejesus out of this stuff um, let's get the word out there um, and go to YouTube sign up on that as well um, just yeah do awesome things. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much. See you 
in a week. Take care, guys. Bye now.